Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Mind Your Loaf, a podcast about taking action on your mental health. I'm here with my co-host, Mar. Hi, everybody. And Irish mental health charity, TurnToMe.ie, who besides helping us with this podcast, provide professional mental health support online, free to everyone in Ireland. Let's get started, Mar. So this is a this is a cool episode for me anyway. I've always been interested in this area. It's going to be about life coaching. Yeah. Have you ever been to a life coach? No, I've never been to a life coach. And that's why I'm dying to talk talk to one now. We're going to have Pat coming up soon, Pat Dively. And no, I've never been to a life coach because in my head, as a kind of typical Irish paddy wackery, um, because, you know, obviously people listening, like, Mar, you're here as, you know, my, uh, I always have you as my correctional officer, I think, because <laughs> I don't, because <laughs> my, my paddy diddly head is uh, is probably not the right right thing to say, but... For me, with a life coach, I just see like a, like kind of, you know, almost like an evangelist or, uh, somebody going, and this is what you're all going to do. You're all going to help. You're all going to do this and you're all going to do that. And then, yo, amen. Woo. But it's, it's not, you know. Would you like to go to somebody like that? Are you into that kind of yeah. like, yeah? I'm so open to everything since I've started this mind your love thing. You know, I've been really on a great journey of just, I love finding out about different people. I'm, I'm listening better. You know what I mean? So, but I, and I always, I love learning stuff. I love listening to people. Do you know what I mean? I always wanted to learn. So if I'm, no matter who I go to or who, if I, I that's why I would love to, yeah, to go to different gurus, different life coaches. Yeah. So Pat, Pat has been watching and listening to us very voyeurist. Hiya, Pat. Hello guys. What's happening? This is, that's Mar up there, Pat. Hiya, Pat. No. <laughs> so just to say, uh, and just very quickly, Pat, you can tell me if, if I have any of this wrong. So, Pat, you you basically, you used to be a fitness trainer. That's what you used to do. Isn't that right? And you had your own gyms and stuff like that. And then you moved on from there to do like kind of life coaching and podcasting and you're an author. So me and Mar, we, we obviously, we well, I've seen you online and stuff. So I, you're not the type of life coach I thought it would be. So like what 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 is a life coach? in your in your head um a couple of distinctions maybe at least in my mind that that speak to what you're you're touching on um 
the difference between a coach and a mentor and a therapist and a counselor, I think they're all different things. So I think a mentor is someone who takes you by the hand and says, this is what I've done. I'm going to take you on my journey. I'm going to show you the path. Um, I've done it. So I'm going to speed up the path for you. So if I wanted to learn how to do stand-up comedy, I could go to someone like yourself, Jay, and, and you could say, here, look, I've done it for 20, 30 years. Uh, there's no point in you trying to reinvent the wheel. I can speed up the process. That's a mentor. So I'll take you on my path. The shortcoming with that is sometimes you see this with cults. Uh, the leader has their way to do things and people blindly follow and maybe they get, in for one, they get into it for one reason and then suddenly the leader is doing different things and people don't think for themselves. So I think a coach is more about asking you questions that um, prompt you to look back at yourself. Um, it's almost like a mirror to yourself. And I think coaching's it's easy in one capacity um, because you're just asking questions and it's almost up to the, the person in front of you to sit with those questions. So I think you're creating space. I think you're, um, you're just being a support and, you know, people that are skeptical or people that feel they don't need a coach. I think that's good for them. I, I know that I need someone in my corner. Um, I need someone to support me. We all experience self-doubt. We experience worry, overwhelm, stress, all these different things. So it's just having someone there that can give you perspective and not let you get caught up in your own identity and way of seeing yourself. And what kind of questions would you ask Pat as a life coach? Well, I mean, the first thing is why you're here and what you hope to get from this, because uh, that's a big thing at the moment. If, if, um, if coaching is becoming this trendy thing that everyone thinks is cool and everything else, um, or everyone thinks it's almost like a fashion accessory. I need a coach. It's like I needed a personal trainer 10 years ago because my neighbor's got one. Um, if I'm going with the sort of I should have a, have a coach. And so I'm getting a coach. I don't have a clear intention. And, and for me, that's not a good starting point because again, it's, it's almost an additional expectation. Everyone else has one. So I should have one rather than I've got a clear sort of idea of where I feel there's a gap. I always feel there's a gap. For, there's always a gap for, for us, which is one of the great things about life. There's a gap between where we are and where we'd ideally like to see ourselves. And the gap comes down to either a skill set or a mindset. A skill set is, I don't understand how to do the thing. Like, um, okay, I want to learn Spanish. I don't understand the vocab. Um, but the second part, beyond the skill set, which is the more important aspect for me, at least, is the, the mindset. Um, we can find whatever we want on Google. Uh, we can find out how to rock, uh, launch a, a rocket ship, how to lose weight, how to make money. Um, but generally, it's the mindset that's going to stop us from actually being consistent with that. Um, so... I would go to a coach, I'd say, look, here's where I feel I'm, I'm lacking a little bit. Here's where I feel a little bit stuck, a little bit confused, a little bit lost. And I just ha I'd start with that intention. A bit of guidance. And what, what, what type of people would be in the, you know, when you're in your seminars, when you do them, what type mm. of people, like what, what are they bringing their problems to you? Like, you know what I mean? Are they like, is it money problems, relationships, self-esteem? Like, are they like, I mean, it's, I know it's hard to say what they all are individually, but like, mm. what's the typical type of person that's going to you? It's been really interesting. We actually filmed a documentary in January to, to answer that question. And, and um, I suppose the general consensus was people wanted to feel they were surrounded by um, like-minded people. That's the term that always ah. comes up with my talk. I want like-minded people. But an interesting development for me the last year, which kind of took me by surprise, was the age in the group. Um, the average age has jumped by probably 20 years from what it was two years ago when I was doing these seminars where it was people in their 20s and 30s. 
a lot of people that are retiring at the moment are coming to these talks. And I'm humbled by that because I'm like, Jesus, I'm a lad in his 30s. What do I know about the world? Yeah, compared to that's you? brilliant. But again, we're, we're always plugging into other people. And we're always, it's like putting the umbilical cord into someone for a couple of hours and feeling like you're supported. Um, but that speaks to people feeling a little bit lost. You know, they've worked all their life. Now they're retired. The kids have left the house. And now it's a case of, geez, I've spent my life looking after other people. Who am I? And that's, that's the big question people are asking themselves. Who am I? Who am yeah. I? Because it's, that's more, you know, an issue when you said you ask people like, what's your goal? And, you know, as a coach, you kind of ask people that, like, what do you hope to get from this? But sometimes sometimes it is more abstract. Isn't it? It's like, who am I? I don't know what I want. Or, I mean, do you have a lot of people coming with that type of like, as you said, lost? And, and where do you start as a coach when somebody's coming without a kind of a tangible goal that's written down somewhere? Well, there's, there's two sides for me. The, the one is um, from personal experience, I know that the goal, the secret is not the goal and, and your happiness doesn't lie in the goal. You just think that it does. So I try to put that across to people that if they, if they are very clear on what they want, I'll try to drill it home from day one, at least from my perspective, that's not going to fix all your problems. You're still going to have stresses and struggles and worries. And so don't attach all your happiness, all your meaning, all your purpose, all your confidence to the end of the goal. Because coming from the fitness background, the big thing that I saw was people had this story of, I'll be happy when I lose weight. And, and the, the idea of I'll be happy when says, I can't be happy now, but I can be happy when I get the thing. But how likely are you to actually be consistent with something if, if, you're, if you don't feel happy along the journey? So it's quite cliche. I mean, you have to enjoy the journey. Um, the flip side of, of the coin for the people that say, I don't know what I want. I would argue that that's a case of you've taken on so much noise from other people and from society and from everything else. And you stay so busy in yourself that like everyone's got a voice inside them that, that will lean into what they want. Um, but most of us have muted the voice because we want to fit in so much. We don't want to stand out. Um, but isn't it as well, Pat, it, it's, um, I mean, like, from my head as well, it's kind of, it's brilliant to like go to someone like you and it's brilliant to try and get the mindset right and get the, and then go to yoga and do all the, but like sometimes is it not exhausting for people to try to change? Sometimes when I feel like when I, people, I, I feel like sometimes there's a lot of pressure. People are going, oh, you should do this. You should be going to that. You should be, ch-. there's not a lot of, the word should be is all over the camp. So how can you, like people sometimes might be sitting at your seminar thinking, oh God, I should be here. Right. I should be. What am I going to do? Oh my God. How am I going to let, uh, you know, and my brain would just be full of like, what? Well, so like, how do you calm people's brains to go like, it's okay. You don't all need to change so much. You know what I mean? Maybe just a little bit. Is that a good way of doing it? Or? Yeah. Um, any time the word should comes up for me, I know it's an expectation. I know it's me putting pressure on myself and I know it's going to cause stress. Uh, sometimes people have the question, how do I find motivation? And my response to that is, if you can't find motivation to do the thing that you want to do, you don't really want to do the thing. It's not your, you know, you're doing it because you feel you should. Uh, you know, so... Um, so pressure. I mean, the three things that you I've heard you talk about, the, the three zones, which are really cool. The comfort, uh, panic and stretch zone. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a simple kind of concept that, that I think we can all resonate with to some degree. And again, if I was to look at the fitness space, um, we're all, as human beings, we're supposed to be challenged to some degree. I think if we look back in our lives, times where there was challenge, there was growth. And it's just finding the right amount of challenge. So, so raising a family is challenging. Going through a pregnancy is, is challenging. Going through college is challenging. Uh, leaving a job is challenging. All these challenges, in retrospect, we see have brought growth, fall into a routine. So um, there's this idea of uh, comfort zone, panic zone, and then the bit in, in, in the middle. Uh, comfort zone is where I always do what I've always done. And I just fall into feeling a little bit, okay, I, I'm not growing the way I was growing when I was younger. I've asked myself a little bit. Um, I'm not really sure what I'm doing anymore. I'm just going through the motions. I, I'm stuck in the rat race, whatever terminology people use. And so sometimes we try to shake it up and we take on too much too quick and then it's panic zone. And it's like, this is overwhelming. This is too much. This is heavy. This is not... Uh, sustainable. And so there's a bit in between called the stretch zone. That's, that's a little bit consistently and, and it's not sexy, but it makes a change. And um, as you say, there's a lot of expectations on people. I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I should be doing this. No, you're doing fine. Just like, you know, lean in and, and do something for yourself that feels right. I look back, Jason, I, 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 I failed with a business when I was 23. I, I I was suicidal, to be honest, at the time. Um, I found myself down at the docks one night in Dublin, just ready to throw in the towel because I felt like such a failure and I didn't want to go home to Galway having, having failed. And I look back now at the younger me and I'm like, my only stress was, my story was I should be successful. And I had a picture of what success looks like. Now, in retrospect, everything was fine. I was okay. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. I was broke. Everyone's broke when they're in their 20s at some stage. But that attachment to my stress, if I, if I just had a tool at that point to give myself a bit of space, um, I think it would have made a big difference. And that's something I've heard you talking about before, um, Pat, that you know the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves it can become a comfort zone maybe in one way, but it can also become, it can feel like, uh, you know, that we're condemned to our present because of our past. And that actually when we look back and we try and and we change the story we're telling ourselves about ourselves and about our past experience, that we can actually really reframe where we are now and reframe our, our I suppose, our relationship with our past story. So just to bring in, I heard you talking before about, um, like say, for example, when you were in school that you were bullied and that if you kind of look back on that, you can say, well, you know, I, I was holding on to this. I was bullied, blah, blah, blah. So it can bring up this belief. Well, I'm always going to be bullied or people don't like me or something. But if when you look back and you say, well, if I had been popular at school, well, I wouldn't, you know, I probably would have started drinking and smoking and wouldn't have studied and I wouldn't be where I am now. Therefore, all of that happened. It had to happen to for for where I am now to be as it is. You know, and I, I find that really, really powerful because it changes the story from the voice of the victim. I'm a victim of my past to I'm the victor of my past. I'm I am here because of this and despite of this, you know, I thought that was very powerful. Yeah. And Carl Jung, Carl Jung has this famous quote of um, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will run your life and you'll call it faith. In yeah. other words, if I'm unaware of a story that's running in the background, It'll keep showing up in my life. This is why we keep meeting the same types of people. Like that the us or the letter. Yeah, yeah, because, because we're just attracting it. And so one of the ways of making the unconscious conscious is you look back, and this works both ways. A lot of us look back on life with rose-tinted glasses and we're like, geez, things were easy when I was in college. I wish I was back in college. And then when you're in college, you're saying, geez, I can't wait to make some money. I'm, I'm sick of being broke. There's always a kind of... Um, but 
when you look at the best times in your life, there was drawbacks. You just are not conscious of them. And you, maybe you don't need to become conscious of them. But like if you travel the world in your early 20s, there was drawbacks. Maybe you came back to Ireland and all your friends had become closer. Some of them had settled down. You felt a little bit isolated. There was drawbacks. Equally, if you look back to the negatives or perceived negatives, you're unconscious of the positives. And so pen and paper allows you to like, okay, I failed with a business. That was the worst time in my life. What was the positives that came from that? It taught me about empathy. Uh, it showed me how close my parents were to me and how much they supported me. It made me reassess uh, the, the fake illusion that I was chasing, trying to be popular and trying to be cool up in Dublin. Um, it, it made me uh, recognize that teaching people to do sit-ups and broccoli was not a good business model. They had to bring people together. <laughs> um, and so for me, at least, I've got a mentor called John D. Martini, who's really, really powerful. He talks about, um, what does he call it? Aging without the aging process. So he kind of says, I could take 10 years to try and find the gifts in COVID-19 and my body's aging and my mind, you know, I'm getting older. Or I could take pen and paper and start looking for the gifts and develop that, not, you know, that, I don't know what the word is, but to develop the understanding, but without it having to take the next five years, five, 10 years, you know, um, we, we can all look back on a breakup from 20 years ago and say, oh, geez, it worked out for the best. But at the time, it was the most painful thing in the world. Yeah, it's the worst ever. It's like, oh, my God, my life's over. <laughs> it's like, but like the thing is with Pat as well, though, with the with like writing our own story is that we we're on, we seem to be like on a, on a track, like on a train track. That's how I see it. That's how my life is. Yeah. And then when my life changes or anything, like if I get away from that, all I do is I hop onto, an, onto another track, which is almost exactly the same. And then I got, and then when that bit's over, I hop onto another track that's exactly the same, but then trying to get people to almost get to the, you know, the bit, you know, the bit where your man pulls the thing in the gatehouse where he changes the track. He pulls that down. Yeah. That's the bit where I'm always like, look, like, and I think I've that's happened to me like recently. I have managed to pull that track down, and the track has gone a bit left. So I've gone over to a whole new type of track because a great person once told told us that the like the reason why we go back to the same people, we go back to the same things. We're trying to rewrite the story, all rewrite the ending. Sorry, of the story. Yeah. We're constantly trying to rewrite the ending. So that's why we end up with the same arsehole or the same mad bitch or whatever it is, right? We <laughs> go, how am I doing this? But we're actually Hollywood writers going, I need to sort out this ending, <laughs> but I need the same cast. But like, so what I'm asking you, Pat, is how do you get people off that track into a, off into the base, maybe off into the station. That's probably the analogy off into the, into the, into the lay by bit there. It's just so hard, isn't it? Because it's personality driven as well, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, look, I, I think one of the things is, is find all your resentments from the past. Like find the stuff that really triggers you from your past, whether it was a breakup, whether it was a boss firing you, whether it was you, you know, you gave so much to a friend and they didn't reciprocate. I'd find any resentments from the past because there's this idea that anything we resent in the past that we've unresolved, we project into the future. In other words, if I, if I look back at my past and I'm like, okay, I, was, I, I stood up in school, everyone laughed at me because I stumbled over my words. I don't know if you remember when, when, uh, when you read the biology book in secondary school. I always remember n- not wanting to read out loud because organism was so close to orgasm. Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> but it, let's say that happens. And intercourse when you're was the word. 
Hi, I'm DeLon Grant. And I'm Francesca Ramsey, and together we host the podcast, Let Me Fix It. Each week, we explore something from the past, and then we pitch how to fix it for today. But forget about the past. Let's talk about the new show of the moment. DeLon, did you get a chance to watch the new Queenie trailer I sent you? How dare you send me this amazing <laughs> show that took me back to every messy breakup I've ever had. Thank God I had you through my 20s. Now, you could not pay me to go back and relive those days, but thankfully, we will be living as Queenie navigates her messy 20s. The new series Queenie is now streaming on Hulu. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Intercourse. something happens you attach a meaning to it you're like oh everyone laughed at me in the class i'm a loser i'm not good at that and i completely resent that that changed my teenage years for example if i don't make peace with that i'll forever hold myself back from doing anything outside my comfort zone in the future because you're trying to avoid something isn't it like when we're trying to avoid we suppress a lot of other possibilities in ourselves and I think you won't avoid it if you make peace with it because you'll yeah. see that the gifts in it. And for me, at least I said, look, every, every horrible, quote unquote, horrible thing that's happened in the past of my life, I've made peace with it, or at least I think I have, um, to the point that I'm saying, oh, the future is going to bring uncertainty and fear and overwhelm. I'm going to mess up loads of stuff. People are going to let me down. I'm going to let other people down. I'm going to have shaming. There's going to be all parts of, like, I think a lot of life coaches are sprouting about positivity and being positive all the time. Yeah. One of the big, one of the big learnings for me the last couple of years was half the problem is this trying to be positive all the time because that's shutting down half of who you are. And then anytime you, anytime you feel negative, you feel lonely, you feel jealous, you feel isolated. You're like, oh shit, I'm not supposed to feel this. And so you'll push it back down. The way we push it back down is addictions. Like I'll turn to being busy or I'll turn to alcohol because I don't want to feel what I feel. And a lot of my, like I say, sometimes people think I have a bit of wisdom, but it all comes from mistakes. Like a couple of years ago, um, when I was doing the fitness thing, I remember thinking, oh, I want to be seen as this Superman character that can lift weights, but can also run marathons and do Ironman. So I signed up to a half Ironman. I hate running. I hate cycling and I can't swim. And it's just like a miserable. <laughs> That's self-harming, Pat. Jesus. So Pat, who, who are you trying to prove? What, like when you were doing that, who are you, yeah. what are you trying to prove? Are you trying to prove that to yourself just? Do you know what I mean? No, that, that, that was, again, that was coming from a, a really not a good space. I would say that was trying to prove everything to everyone. And that kind of, I suppose, in retrospect, I couldn't see it then, but it was like, you can never impress everyone. And we're all people pleasers. We want people to like us. We want to be accepted. We want to be, we want to be validated. Um, and one of the things I've kind of become more aware of recently is 
there's two conflicting things happening for us all. One is we want to become whoever we're supposed to become. And that could mean you're going to become an amazing mom or dad. You're going to become an amazing comedian. You're going to become a psychotherapist. Whatever you're going to become, we've all got something we want to become. And then the conflicting force is we all want to fit in. And those two things don't always go hand in hand. If I decide I, I want to, I don't know, I want to become a, a tap dancer and my father doesn't agree with that, then it's a case of do I do I suppress everything I want to do so that I fit in and I don't get judged? So that's where it comes around to like, uh, and I've heard you talk about like your tribe, basically people that you surround yourself with. I mean, you've got to surround yourself with the right people to live like that. So like, you know, you could have like, you know, people are like, oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, no, I wouldn't be into that. And then they all just... You know, it's the wrong tribe, isn't it? You know, you'd be, I mean, I've always, I've, I've started doing that. I mean, that's why I got Mar to do this podcast with me. And then I got like, I was talking to different, um, uh, uh, entrepreneurs and stuff. And I've just started building this tribe around me. And because I've had all these people that are so positive, like my life, even though I'm 48 now is, is changing dramatically from having the right tribe around me. But I've been very careful who I'm picking. And once I get someone who's just like a naysayer or a, ah, no, no, not into that. No, no, they're, they're just, I can't. They have to go. Unless they're my, unless they are my father, who is now obviously passed away. You can't get rid of your father's, but I mean, or your, your family. But it's more friends, isn't it? It's more friends and that's your kind of tribe. Do you know what's um, been useful for me is, is to recognize everyone sees the world. Everyone's got a different worldview. And uh, if you're honest about your worldview and what you're into and what you like, you will meet critics and naysayers. Well, they're not critics. They're not naysayers. They're none of those things. They just have a different worldview. So like my passion in life, personal development, um, jujitsu, climbing mountains and traveling. Now, for each of those things, I'll meet people that think personal development is full of charlatans. I'll meet people that think um, climbing mountains is exploitative of the the Sherpas out there. I'll meet people that think traveling is um, pretentious and bad for the environment. And I'll meet people that think jiu-jitsu is violence. None of those people are wrong. They've obviously just grown up and developed certain stories about each of those things. Maybe they... I don't know, maybe they've seen some stuff that I haven't seen. Maybe they've just, you know, grown up around different beliefs. That's given me freedom and just like not judging other people and thinking, oh, they're a bad person or they're a hater or they're a naysayer. I think it's daft to, to think. Someone was on to me the other day saying, how do you deal with haters? I was like, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think anyone gives a shit about me enough to be a hater. Like, <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> It's just, it's just projection. You know, I see kids now like 18, 19, putting up these posts. This one's for the haters. I'm like, ah, oh, kid, nobody, nobody hates you. Nobody cares enough. <laughs> to say, say. Um, you, you just got to look out for yourself. So anyway, what, what I'm getting at is, um, let's say a common one is alcohol, particularly in Ireland. People decide at a certain age, I'm going to knock the booze on the head or I'm going to take a break. And then they feel like the people around them are, are, don't support them and don't support this new move. I have to recognize, I suppose, that's massively challenging because my worldview has now become I want to knock booze on the head and live a more um, fulfilling life that doesn't involve um, certain things. And then the friends might see it as, well, our whole, our whole social circle has revolved around alcohol and now you're giving that up. Um, you're giving us up. That, it's just different views. But actually, Pat, there's something I wanted to, um, to talk about as well, because I think it's all kind of linked in. The idea of um, self-esteem, you know, so if we say self-esteem is like our what our personal or subjective evaluation of our value or our worth. Um, and I heard you saying as well before that, you know, before, and maybe you still do, but you became aware that your self-esteem was kind of based on external um, projections. You know what I mean? So like you were saying earlier, when I 
have 500 people in my gym or when I, I think you said, when I get onto the Late Late Show, you know, I, I'll, I'll be successful, you know, and therefore my self-esteem can, I can have self-esteem or it can grow. But then you kind of realise it's not in the external things. It's, it's actually, it, it's so internal. It's such a, it's from within. It's not self-esteem. And it, it's not based on, say, the goals or the successes or the achievements or, you know, proving to the, you know, the audience laughter or whatever it is, that it has to be a belief inside ourselves. And that comes from the story that we're telling ourselves about ourselves all of the time. How did you, or have you found that you've been able to strengthen your self-esteem over the last few years? Yeah, it's been, um, uh, something sprung to mind when you were saying that. And it was, uh, you hear people saying this, this, you know, my better half, people talking about their better half. And I'm like, that's a ridiculous statement because if they're your better half, as soon as they leave you or something happens, your self-esteem is going to be gone because you've, you've attached completely to thinking that this person's better than you and now they've left you. So who are you now that they're gone? And so like, that's the, there's a lot of relationship stuff at the moment that I'm looking at with just, just uh, look, obviously put a happy relationship involves two people that have filled their own cup and have that self-esteem within themselves and aren't, um, codependent, you know, putting all their eggs in one basket and and thinking their, their self-worth. So if we tie up our self-worth in our work, or you could lose your job, tie your self-worth up in your relationship, you could lose your relationship, tie your self-worth up in your social media following and what people say to you on social media, someone can leave a bad comment. And so you're just giving away all your power. I think, um, same as what Jay said there, it's kind of funny in that, like I'll spend two hours on stage in front of a hundred people, a couple of hundred people uh, talking about, you know, self-esteem and, you know, don't, I, I talk about all this stuff and in my head, I'm like, Oh, I hope they like me. I hope <laughs> yeah. Cause that's, like that's the imposter syndrome, isn't it Pat? The imposter syndrome that sits in there. Yeah. And it, 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 it's funny. Um, I feel like a lot of these gurus and the people that, you know, do the personal development thing, um, they, they put themselves on such a pedestal. It's, it must be exhausting because like when the higher your pedestal is for yourself, the higher the fall is going to be when you eventually fall, because the reality is none of us are perfect. So I find it a lot, a lot more liberating and easy to stand on stage and say, I'm a massively insecure person. You're being real and it's the same to way it's, it's when stand-up happens as well, Pat. If I tell them stories about me failing and I'm like, oh my God, I ripped my knee when I did, when I went, when I was in the toilet, like, cause I sat down too quickly, like all this kind of stuff. They just, they can connect with you much better. I mean, they, cause then they, they can go, Oh yeah, that's like me. Oh yeah. I, oh yeah. I sat down the loo too quickly yeah. the other day, or I did that with my kids or, so all you're doing is just being honest, Pat. And then people definitely, I would much prefer to hear you on stage going, Oh my God, I've had a shit day. Anyway, like let's just try and get together to all of us together now. And do you know what I mean? And you know, and I'm just trying my best. We, we love that. Yeah, I think that's camaraderie as well. And it's achievable, you know, because you're up there doing it, even though you're also sometimes insecure and full of self-doubt. And I suppose, Mary, to your point of, of you know, uh, how do we develop self-esteem? I think that's ironically, that might be one of the ways um, is that you put your cards on the table and you don't yeah. like what's the opposite of self-esteem is wearing masks and having all these different social masks that I'm this person around my parents and then I'm this person at work and then I'm this person. And I've got this facade, which is exhausting to have to be a certain type of person. Or And so if I can just show up and I can be like, now you can take that too far as well and just be throwing, throwing your insecurities at people where it's out of context. But if I can say I have good days and I have bad days and I have up days and I have, I have down days and I have, I have days where I feel like I'm winning at life and I've days where I feel completely out of integrity and completely disconnected. For me, at least, it gives me a lot of, that gives me self-esteem because I don't have to hide anymore. And, exactly. 
There's a great quote, um, Anthony DeMello, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to butcher it, but I would encourage people to look it up. And it's something to the effect, there's a guy called Anthony DeMello, who's a Jesuit priest, um, but an amazing teacher of um, Eastern wisdom. And actually when he died, the, pre- the church didn't know what to do with him because he spent his whole life telling people to look back at themselves rather than look externally. Um, but he had a quote that said, so I think it kind of talks to a lot of what we've spoken about. He says something like, um, I was neurotic for years, and I didn't like myself and I tried to change myself. And I met all these people that were telling me how to change and, and what to change. And, and I just couldn't change no matter what I, I wanted to. And I tried to, but I couldn't change. And he said, I met someone then and they said, I love you just the way you are. There's no need to change. And he said, I relaxed. And when I relaxed, ironically, that's when all the changes started to come. And we've all had that experience to some degree. We put this huge pressure on ourselves. It's like, oh, oh, oh it's too much. And then something clicks and you're just like, ah, oh. it could be training. It could be someone that hates going to the gym for 10 years. And then you go to a session, you're just like, I wasn't as bad as I thought. And you just relax and you don't have this massive expectation to be moving hundreds of kilos of weight. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to go and do a session. And then six months later, you're a different person. You know, my twenties was readers, my, my teens and my twenties, I found Tony Robbins when I was 12. So that was probably an interesting development, but 12, 12, when you 12. found Tony Robbins. I don't know why I got interested in Tony Robbins. But, uh, well, well done. Oh, I don't know. But like that, I spent up until 26, 20, 24, just reading the books and just obsessed. And I, I felt I was a human. How, how many books can I get through? And then I went to a retreat for nine days when I was 26. And the guy, it was a couple of grand. I think it was six grand for the week, which was a lot of money. But I thought surely that price tag reflects how much great stuff he's going to give us. And he gave us a blank journal and he spent the week telling us to go and write in this blank journal. And I was calculating in my head, I was like a thousand euro a day to write in a journal. But the irony was it was exactly what I needed at that time because I had spent 10 years, 20 years pushing other people's information into me. And just I'd lost, you lose your confidence when you're completely obsessed with everyone else's thoughts and opinions. Great to learn, but you got to find a balance. And so for a week, I wrote in this journal and I learned quite a bit about myself. So it's kind of it's good to blend the two, I think. So listen, Pat, just to say, look, we're just we're way over time. We're I start, I said to you we'd be talking for about thirty minutes, and you're like, and I'm not to do in your head in there. But look, listen, just oh, oh my god, that is just like so much information that is just beautiful to listen to. Uh, just quickly, I did you uh, did uh, jujitsu as well, Pat. Just to say, I'm on the same level as you there, uh, and uh, but I had to give it up because uh, I cracked my rib, and from, uh, because I kept getting choked out. I couldn't uh, speak on stage anymore. So, <laughs> so I, but it is a brilliant sport. It is great. It's a great sport. But look, just to say, and very, very quickly, you're, I mean, you were doing this Upgrade Academy. Uh, you're basically, can you just do, just really quickly just explain what that is? Because obviously with the COVID-19 right now, none of the seminars can go ahead or anything like that. So like, how's that working for you? How are you getting around that? Um, I'm, I, I moved online. I'm doing like... Ah, do you know what? I've, um, lifestyle is the most important thing to me, and so I try not to. And I try not to take on too much. I could probably be making a lot more money and be a better businessman. But I, I run a couple of online courses. I've got a free podcast. There's 135 episodes of that. Ironically, as much as I'm called a coach, I don't really, I don't really do any one-to-one coaching. I just do talks, and I just try to bring people together. I go. So uh, yeah, patively.com is my website, and um, 
the second best podcast after your own is the Pat Dibley podcast. Yeah, I know. I heard, I heard. <laughs> but listen, and as well as that, of course, the big thing is that I've accepted because I've lost all my gigs and a lot of people have lost their jobs. And the very simple thing that I just say is that it's out of my control now. There's nothing I, I can do. I cannot control the COVID-19. I cannot control the government's decisions. And so all like what I'm doing now is just taking it day by day and just surviving every day. And, and surviving is probably a bad word. It's not, I'm not even surviving. I'm just, you know, just saying that to myself every morning. I get up and go, right, I have no control over my gigs anymore. But it's how I actually live each day I do have control over. So that's what I do. I'm sure that's what everybody can 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 do that like. Maybe just one to finish on. There was a there was a question that I, I prompted people with again, coaching is kind of asking people questions and, and having them just questions open the mind and statements close the mind. That's the theory. So if I say I'm so fat, it's a statement. I, I can't work with that. If I ask, how could I be in better shape? That's a question. It opens the mind. Well, the big question I was asking is like, if I was to fast forward six months, 12 months, two years, looking back on the time that we had with COVID-19, despite all the adversity, how would I have, how would I have, how would I have hoped that I had shown up and what would I have hoped that I had done? Uh, Pat is, he's got a lovely flow about him. He has a lovely flow and there's something lovely and unassuming and affirming. And I just felt very calm in his presence, like a calm wisdom. Yes. And we started off this podcast with both going, what is a life coach? It was all these screamy fellas. And my God, if a life coach is what Pat is, I would no problem be going and listening and learning. Absolutely. As we said, it's his because it, we're all vulnerable and we all need to be honest about that. And like, and, and like when I say and I do I'm doing my stand up, I do have the imposter syndrome on my head going, oh, my God, what am I doing here? He has the same thing. But we all have that. And I think that, as you said, when we can all connect in a room together and including the, the guru, the teacher, the life coach, if, if they're on the same level of us, then we just learn so much more. And he is very good at that. Because you don't want too much of a gap between where you are and where you want to be. If You know what I mean? If it feels too unattainable, I always go, ah, you know, I'm never going to be able to do that, so I'm not going to try. Yeah, and for me, I know we talk about Tony Robbins there. Whenever I've seen Tony Robbins, I just think, how am I going to fly a helicopter into an arena <laughs> and land it and get on stage? <laughs> I know, he just seems he just seems so shiny and vital. And I'm just thinking, like, he is not even a human. So I, he goes way up on a pedestal and then I can't even relate yeah. to him. So Pat was very relatable and isn't he brilliant? I mean, he has gone off and done all these different, all these different learning things in his life. So you've been listening to Jason Byrne and Mark Cusack. This has been Mind Your Lows. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget, if you or someone you know is going through a tough time, there is professional mental health support online from counselling to support groups, all available for free to anyone from Ireland at turntome.ie. So mind yourselves, everybody. And mind your loaves. <laughs> Turn to me provides professional mental health support. Ah, uh, Jason, lo- oh. do your, uh, you know, your ad voice. Oh, yeah, I'll do the yeah, ad. Yeah. Okay, oh. I'll do a proper ad okay. thing. Okay, ready? Yeah. As a registered charity, Turn to Me provides professional mental health support online for anyone in Ireland going through a tough time. From one-to-one counselling to group and peer support, Turn to Me is accessible from any device anywhere in Ireland. If you would like to support Turn to Me, you can donate four euros by texting Turn to Me to 50300. Text costs four euros. Turn to Me will receive a minimum of three euros sixty. Service provider like charity. Helpline 077. Six six eight zero five two seven eight. Is that you? Yeah, that was actually me. Okay. There.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.